Everybody, welcome back to the Music Biz Weekly. We're up to episode 178, and this is going to be the first of this sort of Music Biz Weekly. I'm joined by Rockstar Branding co-host, Ron Young. Hello. And uh, for those of you who listen to all of the shows, you know we've had the Rockstar Branding podcast. We've had the Music Biz Weekly podcast. Well, we're now going to kind of fold them all in. This is going to be the Music Biz Weekly presents Rockstar Branding this week with Ron Young. <laughs> if that if that mouthful makes sense, because they're just it seemed like to me Rockstar Branding podcast had sort of evolved into becoming the Music Biz Weekly. They were both talking about music business, marketing, branding. There was not a big differentiator other than that Ron is speaking from the world of experience of being a musician who's lived it and breathed it. So it just seems to make more sense to just fold it all in and we'll have a special Rockstar Branding episode of the Music Biz Weekly. Yeah, and what's actually sort of ironic about that is nowadays if you're going to be someone in a band, you better know all about all aspects of the music business. Because the sheltered days of just singing while a manager and an agent and a lawyer and a label take care of it are over. So, in essence, it is really kind of essential. So yeah, it 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 it's all stuff you need to know if you're gonna if you're gonna have a chance to succeed. So, um, this week I want to go to a topic that was actually um, suggested by a viewer, Michael Wark W or Wark. Wark. I apologize if I slaughtered that. It's W-A-R-K. He said, I've got a good topic. And this is exactly what he wrote. How to get rid of a lame duck band member without massive drama. I've been playing in bands for 30 years and have never seen one bow out gracefully. Getting dumped by three or four people must hurt more than getting dumped by your girlfriend or boyfriend because nobody seems to take it well. So... Michael, we're going to sit down here, and and I have a feeling, Ron, <laughs> you, yeah, you got a little experience a little with experience this. Experience with this, no doubt. Yeah, we've been through about five guitar players over the years, between Earl Slick and Apache, our original guitar player, and then we had uh, Joey Brasler, who had played with um, Bob Welsh and Shri Curry, and you know, and. The first thing going into this, and I don't think a lot of guys in bands understand how difficult it is to keep a relationship going with five, four or five individuals. It's hard enough with one human in a, in a romantic relationship or a business relationship. But when you put the exponentially greater four or five people in a room together to try to be creative, have your business and your personal lives and your your energy all go in one direction is really a miracle if it can last any sort of period of time. And when you start to do that and there's one guy that starts to not really be on the same page, you know, all the little talking starts going on behind the scenes and uh, then everybody's like, no, dude, you have to talk to him. You know, <laughs> nobody wants to have it. You get, you get into that phase of let's avoid the problem and see if it fixes itself. Yeah, let's see if he just kind of gets a clue or all of a sudden things turn around and he becomes revitalized like he used to be. And, you know, a lot of times the reasons are things that you can't really bring up. Like, you got to lose your girlfriend, man. She's sucking the life out of you. But well, here let me ask you: 
why can't you bring that up? If, if, if you're in a band and that's important and that's causing a problem, why can't you be brutally honest? Well, because that's... What's a, the worst that could happen? He'd quit. Well, because understand you're connecting two things. Your, your personal relationship is a, is a train wreck and it's making your personal relationship with us a train wreck. So you're really bombing them on two levels. Like, yeah. you know, everything, everything that you value in interpersonal dynamics from your romantic life to creative life is going in the toilet. <laughs> you better do something <laughs> about it. And that's kind of, a, that, nobody wants to be the guy to sit someone down because you're poking your nose into a personal thing where, you know, first of all, let's be blunt here. Musicians, they're not the best at picking, I mean, their, their life choice was to get in a van and go and, and get in a studio and go. And you don't have much time for your interpersonal relationship. So the people, generally the mates that you choose are not your typical kind of mate to begin with. Right. They're generally, they like the excitement of the gigs and the drinking and the other crazy wives and such. Or at least they're spontaneous. They're very liberal in their views. It's not like you're going to get together and all of a sudden – you know, the corporate attorney wife is going to show up and then the, it's generally not the case. I mean, I don't want to be stereotype here. Uh, you know, my wife runs an ad agency and she's in the corporate world. So, you know, I guess I'm sort of shooting myself in the foot a bit on the generalization there, but that's been my experience. Right. You know, it's like, there's a reason why there's the old joke. Well, what does a stripper do with her asshole before she dances? She drops him off at band practice. <laughs> you know? And these jokes come about for a reason. Yeah. So if, if there's something going on in a band member's interpersonal life and you're just, you wish you'd get out of it because it, it's really causing turmoil for him to focus in on his creativity, that's difficult. And even then, if it's other reasons, he's just a train wreck, he's just not putting in the energy he's got a bad attitude he's whining all the time he's broke so he's whining. you know all these things it's how do you sit down and have a loving conversation with somebody that you create music with to let them know that it's just not working and it's not fair to three or four whatever how many other people um and it's getting in the way of a greater entity's success and moving forward. And, you know, you have that conversation and you hope that it will be received well and that somebody will own their part. Generally, they don't because what they're looking for is empathy. You know, come on, man, you're, you're in the band with me. It's like right, you should, right. you know. And, they think they're going to get a pass because there's generally a lot more chaos within a band than there is in any other interpersonal dynamic that is accepted. You know, I mean, it's like you, your wife and your kids aren't going to jump in a van and go to Arizona and try to get to the Grand Canyon, but get sidetracked. And, you, you know, so <laughs> those sort of crazy adventures that when you just crash on people's couches or go into something for 22 straight hours, it's, generally not going on in the, in the interpersonal dynamics outside of the band. It's kind of left within the band. And 
that's you, you sort of have this expectation that the guys in the bay are going to put up with a lot more. And a lot of times they don't want to, especially if it's one odd man out. And if somebody's been in a band a long time, first of all, the guys in the band have to decide whether the creative input and the and the chemistry of the sum of the parts being greater than the whole because of this one individual, a lot of bands put up with it for a long time because they're afraid to mess up the, the, the creative dynamic. Right, right, and it's it's a difficult conversation to have amongst the other band members. Is how do we handle this, knowing that there's a possibility that he's either not or she's either not going to rise to the occasion and make changes, and what are they going to do then, and are they willing to risk the chemistry that is that, you know, interaction and and group effort, and what's that going to do to the overall sound, energy, look of the band. And a lot of bands put up with stuff for a really long time. And the odd man out or odd woman out thinks, yeah, you know, hey, man, they'll put up with my crap. I put up with their crap. At least that's generally their perspective. Usually they're right. Everybody in a band's got their own quirkiness. One guy is, you know, or is a germaphobe. The other one snores. The other one thinks it's funny to fart in the band all the time or, you know, or writes really goofy stuff or whatever. It, it's, is, is, it, is it easier to put up with stuff like that when there's some sort of success happening? Yeah, because there's a buffer zone. You know, when you start getting some success, um, you become a little bit more flexible because your acceptance level of things to not mess up that creative dynamic goes on. And then people start to figure out ways to get around it. Well, you know, so-and-so, he's, he's going to – he needs to get to the hotel to shower for two hours because he's OCD. You know, and so, okay, well, we got to figure that into the schedule. Like in Little Caesar, Tom, the drummer, is deathly afraid to fly. He even quit the band in 1992 when he heard we were going to Europe and never told us why he quit the band because he was so afraid of flying and was afraid to admit that knowing that the guys in the band would go, are you kidding me? You're going to throw away your career? But it was that deep. And so now when I book flights, I book them in a certain seat. I book them in a certain flight on a certain, certain types of airlines that he's more comfortable with. And we make that allowance knowing that we have to meet him halfway, that he's going to get on this plane, probably be kind of hammered, but we don't let him get too hammered. And you just put up with that as a family member. And, you know, as success is starting to happen, you start to, you know, put up with those things or become more flexible. Because if you've got a whole, if you're banging your head against the wall, nothing's really working, and you got a guy that's like really being a pain in the ass for some reason, you're much quicker to throw him out. Because let's say, what are we risking? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. What's at risk here, other than? trying to keep this as fun and productive as possible because if we're not making money or getting the success, the least we should do is have this flow better and be more fun and be easy, easier because that bad energy will take its toll on the creativity after a while. So, so when you get to the point where you're like, all right, we have to do this, lead guitarist has to go. Um, how do you approach it? Is it something where, I mean, you know, you, you, you hear stories of, 
Well, they had the freaking manager call me and fire me over the phone. Is that the right way to yeah, do yeah, it? Well, is no. it? Should it be all the band members sitting down? Should it be the leader of the band one-on-one? Every time we've done it, it's the whole band. It's like an intervention, you know? It's like an intervention to have the talk, and then if nothing changes, it's like an intervention to cut the ties. So and you basically give them a talk and one chance. You have to. You have to. You've got to spell out really clearly and articulately what the problems are and why his particular situation or hers is completely different than any other situation that's being tolerated within the band unit. You know, because everybody's going to be, one guy's always late, one guy's never, gears never together. There's always personalities that drive people crazy. It can't be something petty. It's got to be something that's really, really you know, something serious that stands out that gives the other band members right to draw a healthy boundary in the sand to say this is unacceptable and this has got to change. Now, that's the assumption that it's something new. If band is just getting tired of a guy that's done the same thing since day one, you kind of you kind of on bad ground because, you know, that's when usually it's we're just tired of your playing or, right. you know. We're just, you know, we're going in another musical direction. And a lot of times that's what it is. You know, we want to move and evolve and you can want to keep writing 1980s hair metal songs because that's what the band is known for. And you think that that's so a lot of times it's just plain philosophical and core differences. Then it's pretty easy to cut the tie. It's not personal. It's a musical thing. Right. You know? It's a business decision. It's, it's a really business, a business decision. It's an artistic decision. And right. you're just not part of the artistic endeavor anymore. You're, and generally they go, well, okay, cool. I'll find guys that keep wanting to do this or whatever. Um, but when it's a personal kind of a thing and it's a personal habit, responsibility thing, business thing, you have to sit down first with the band members that are about to lay this on the guy and or girl i keep trying to be unisexual because it's you know right. I sound like an idiot um and have a very there's going to be one spokesman that can translate what the band is feeling and articulate it cleanly and concisely and lay it out and then the other band members chime in to let them know that it's a universal thing and then say what can we do to help you get rid of these things is there something that we can do sometimes it's just stuff that's just not you know dude you don't want to get a job you can't pay for rehearsals anymore but and we can't put up with that anymore so you're either going to have to come up with a way to pay for this stuff but we can't share your burden anymore sometimes it's financial mm -hmm. sometimes it's just hey man you got to get your gear together and if you don't raise your level of professionalism to the rest of the guys in the band this is within your control and you're choosing to just continue bad, unproductive behavior despite everybody else. That's not a good thing. We're drawing the line in the sand. Either make some changes or we're going to have to make a change in your position. And so the choice is now yours. And, and being clear, does that also include um, a time a deadline we need to see these changes in the next 30 days six months no because that's kind of you know you gotta at that point you have to turn around and be as as supportive as possible you've got to you have to make these calls and you've got to have these discussions way beyond where it's cancerous and there's no way turning back 
You know, that's the thing. A lot of bands, they avoid this confrontation. They avoid, and it gets so far into resentments. You got to see this coming way before it happens and be proactive about it. So, so if, if, if you're giving somebody the, the intervention and you, you feel like you're going to give them a week to get their act cleaned up, you're too late down that's, the road. You should have yeah, no, talked to them a year ago. Yeah, listen, if the guys or people in the band get together and decide that we're, we're going to do this as a sort of token show that we look flexible, then don't even bother, you know, because if you're going to ax them anyway and there's no way to make these changes because it's core, then you're just going to have to do it and make it clear. And there's really good reasons why it's gone on too long and surely nine times out of ten there's very good examples why four or five people or three people out of four or out of five just think that this is not going to work so don't even bother with the you've got the three months trial period thing you're on probation forget yeah, about that but, you know, this goes to a deeper question is you know how do bands establish a healthy interpersonal dynamic that winds up you know, making for great creative and interpersonal, strong, healthy adult relationships. So this is a separate topic unto itself. It's yeah. like we're talking about what happens when, how do you get divorced? The better conversation is how do you build a healthy musical relationship between five people? And that's right. a great topic because sometimes that's what's going to hold a band back. They don't have the the, cre the comfortable creative communication because their interpersonal dynamic is not one that's healthy. Right, right. Well, so so let's save that for a future topic. Yeah, but that's but so thing. so we get we get to the point where you've had that talk a year ago. Nothing's changed. Now you're going to do the axing again. It's the whole band comes in. Yep. And is it just one of these, you know, it's the old analogy, just rip the Band-Aid off, just get right to the point and yeah, get it done. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't dance around it. Just. Yep. Do it. And not only that, you got to talk about how, because nowadays in social media and such, you, everyone's got to think and have an open conversation, especially with the person that's leaving for damage control. Well, I was just going to ask you that. So, so you're releasing somebody. What do you do to manage that as in, you you know, maybe you're a small band and it's not that big of a deal, but, you know, when Peter Chris is fired, you know, he's probably told you cannot say you are in, you, you know, here's how you refer to yourself as an ex-member of this band. You know, you can't use logos, you can't. You know, do you have to lay all that stuff out right then and there as to well, when what you really, will say, what you can't say? When it's a really successful band, there's attorneys that are going to make it very clear to the other person's attorney. Because there's going to be legal and financial ramifications that need to be worked out on a legal basis. Well, let, me, let me ask you that then. So if you are big enough that you've got some sort of an attorney in that's been working with your band, should the attorney be present at this? Uh, not for the interpersonal conversation, no. But for the actual axing? Uh, no, not even for that. At that point, within the context of the personal dynamic of just the band members, no manager, no nothing, everything of a musical entity orbits around the creative unit, and they have to have conversations in the room and up front. As soon as you bring any, don't bring your girlfriend, 
You know, we have to have a conversation. Don't none of that. And you got to have that conversation. And within that conversation, you say, listen, we're going to have the band's attorney. You're going to have to find an attorney because we want to make sure that you get everything that you do. And we want to make sure that the, the tying up the loose ends on the financial and the legal and all of that stuff is done responsibly. And, you know, this is where the union has to decide whether they're going to have integrity. And they're going to make sure that this person that helped them generate all this revenue as another person in this band is going to get their due and not try to leverage them out of it, even if you're angry with them, because that's going to affect the band's credibility and integrity. And then from there, you got to have, even if it's a heated and a nasty discussion, someone's going to have to have a talk of, listen, you want to move on with your career and we want to move on with ours. And it probably behooves both parties here that we decide how we're going to present this to, to, to the press. And you know what, even down to local bands, because, you know, f people become friends with local bands and they're seeing them in bars and such. And all of a sudden, if there's a, an interpersonal rift, certain people won't go see the band anymore because they don't want to bump into the guy and the guy's girlfriend. And it gets, it gets ugly all the way down to the local level. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th I think you're right. As a local, Even at a local band, you do need to think about how this is going to be presented moving forward because it can it could become ugly it, it it's something you don't want to deal with you don't want to now say okay we fired you but now we need to sit down and let's work out who's going to say this and what we need to do and blah blah, blah. but you have to do that you, you have, have to. to do that you're going to have to basically come out and say irreconcilable differences you know, uh, you know basically everybody needs to agree on what the reason was. Yeah, because everyone's got a career. And and, a until you write your autobiography in 20 years and spill right. the real beans. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, listen, it, it's everybody's brand at stake here. And it and it's, it's better for the individual if the band is taking that tack, even if there's some, the band's got a lot of personal dirt on someone. And so the individual's got to be very careful to not go out there and start because it's going to be three or four guys on their Facebook page all basically saying that Joe Schmo here is an asshole and he had to go. Yeah. And they'll start airing everyone's dirty laundry and the, the individual is going to lose nine times out of ten. Well, what you it's also on the United Front. Yeah, and what you don't want to have happen is putting your fans in a position that they have to choose sides. That's right. Because That's fans right. are now going to go, well, wait a second, what's really going on here? This guy's over here on his page bitching about it, but this guy's saying this story. So obviously somebody's lying. I like this guy. I'm going to become, you know, you don't want to do that. You just, you know, what you want to have happen is the transition to just kind of happen one day and in two days – it's new. It's not news. Nobody remembers it. Nobody cares well, about it. It's been forgotten about. And that's the thing, you know, it's the fact is, is that what needs to be said in the conversation is we need to, we need to dismantle this relationship with the same amount of love, energy, and care that went into building this relationship. It's the same thing you would say to somebody you're breaking up with. And you can say you might be hurt and you might be angry and you might be frustrated. But what's really important here is we walk away and we both we all leave this as a general because of irreconcilable differences, because of things, creative that, differences, creative, whatever you however you want to sh shade it. 
in a general sense, we're moving on. We wish everybody the best of luck. We will support them in their careers. You know, this is unfortunate. And we will be cheering them on left, right, and center. Even if you throwing darts at their picture in your own basement. Right. Do that in your basement, but don't post it on Facebook. Don't air your dirty laundry in public. Mm -hmm. Because you're just going to alienate people. And it's going to hurt everybody. It's going to hurt everybody. So. you know, I think there's something to be said, too, that if if the person you you kicked out of the band, you know, a month from now starts airing dirty laundry, you're going to feel compelled that you need to get in there, jump in and start countering and defending everything that's being said. And that can add just more fuel to that fire. And a lot of times you might want to just sit back and go, you know what, let's take the high road. Always. Let's let's let them say whatever they want, because if we don't counter it, it's again going to become a non-item in two days, and people will have forgot about it. Where if we are going back and forth battling, you're extending this conversation, you're putting the spotlight on what happened, and again, you're bringing people back into a position where they have to choose who to believe. Yeah, and you know, but and there's a real temptation with people. I mean, look at Kanye West. I mean, this guy thrives on just causing people to to talk crap, you know. And he knows exactly what he's doing, and he just doesn't care. I don't think he realizes the harm he does. But there's a lot of people that thrive on this kind of stuff and think, "Hey, man, we're trending. We're getting eyeballs, even if you're a local kind of thing." And if there's people, that's never good, man. It's never ever good. You want you want you want attention and you want press, if at all possible, for your music. Yeah. Not because you got into a fight with the lead guitarist and they were kicked out of the band. That's yeah. that's because not going to get there's, you. There's nothing within your musical brand. Nothing. There's no style of music that interpersonal drama is what the band stands for. If you want to swing naked from a wrecking ball, if you want to smoke weed, if you want to dress up like a stripper, if you want to dress up like a clown, that's all within the realm of performance art. You know, being a whining thing when a relationship breaks up, there's no classification of music that that sort of thing is an asset to your right. brand. Right. <laughs> it's just not. You know? So, so, so yeah, take, take the high road. Let them sling the mud. Let them crawl through the gutter. Um, you know, if nothing else, you can sit back and go, hey, they're still, they're talking about us. Well, that's, you know, listen, and that's generally what happens with the band as the entity that remains as a majority core thing. They have to take the high road because the best way that they could quell the one single guy who got dumped rather than turning it back on him and talking crap is to replace him right and record and or play successful. new shows and be successful. Keep moving on and, and not even blame. And just go, here you go. This is what we're talking about. We're yep. still a functioning, creative, dynamic, evolving entity, and this person is just a whiny person. That's why we had to get rid of them. Yep, yep. Make your own make make your own judgments based on the fact that there's only one person out there complaining and whining about everything while we're out here moving forward, touring, recording new albums, whatever it might be, um, you know, stick to being the band. Yeah, that's exactly right. Cool. So I think this was good good advice. I mean, like you said, you've been there. You've had, what, five guitarists? Yeah, yeah. 
but again, it's about being an adult. Don't yeah. fall into the stereotypical music, you know, musician thing. You know, avoid confrontations. I'm creative. That's all BS, man. There's don't, business don't, don't think and it's going to solve itself if you it just all kind of walk tiptoe around. I mean, you know, think about your own personal relationships you, you know we've well, all we've all had a boyfriend or a girlfriend at one point in time where we were like this isn't going good but you know what if i don't rock the boat it's not going to get any worse but you know what it always ends up breaking up and you know what one last pertinent point here understand that how you handle this is a signal to managers and booking agents and club owners as to what the band's integrity stands for and how they handle a situation like this and you got to remember that that these sort of little things, if there's drama around this, it's going to make people avoid doing business with you because it says that you don't have enough integrity to handle something right on a, on a secondary source. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. A manager wants to spend his time furthering your career and making yeah, you money. Not freaking marriage counselor. Exactly, not being a mother and cleaning yeah. up tabloid problems. Right. That's not an effect. And unfortunately, many of them have to do that, but that's not what they got in the business to do. Right. All right, awesome. So um, if you guys got any comments on this, um, leave them on the YouTube video. Let us know. If you've got suggestions for other topics, let us know. And if you like this, head over to YouTube. Or you Head over to YouTube. Head over to iTunes. Search for the Music Biz Weekly podcast and leave us a review. Leave us a rating. It helps a lot. We appreciate yep. it. Yes, we do. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Till next week.